Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now... Can I tell you something about last year's poll going into the shortened season for the majors? Our viewers got it right. They nailed it. How about that? We had Greg Zahn on here, and he said the Blue Jays would finish tied for last. It would be tied for fourth in the American League East. You people said they would finish third, and they did. Wow. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. G'day, Canada. Thanks for joining us for... Caliber Coffee here today. It's Canada's daytime sports talk show. And we welcome our American friends, our Canadian sports fans around the world. RP here, Moose DuPont there. It's going to be a fantastic show. We've got a lot. I, I feel it's going to be spicy. Yeah. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do. It's going to be spicy. We've got an ad in here today. Whoa. I haven't even written it down myself. We've got longtime Blue Jays first base coach Tim Leeper going to join us. Blue Jays are in camp, as you know. They open the preseason on Sunday against the Yankees. So Tim Leeper joining us to talk about Canada's team. Brendan Batchelor, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks, who's good enough to join us amid these struggles that his hockey team are under. Uh, Brendan Batchelor joining us from Sportsnet 650 Vancouver an hour two. And then an unscheduled guest, but a guy that's become a very good friend of mine in the last year and a half since I met him, Matthew Barnaby, famed NHL super pest, will be joining us from the nation's capital to talk about the breaking news. And that's in our quick six show topic. So please, Jordan, can you please hit it? Thank you. Breaking news out of Montreal this morning. And I have to say it's caught everybody off guard. I'm going to read from a Canadian press story. The struggling Montreal Canadiens fired head coach Claude Zulian and assistant coach Kirk Muller Wednesday morning following a three-game skid. Assistant coach Dominic Ducharme was appointed interim coach and Alex Burroughs was added to the Canadiens coaching staff. After a one-week break in their schedule, the Canadiens have lost three in a row. They've lost five of six and six of eight. Since a strong start, a 5-4 shootout loss in Ottawa against the Senators Tuesday night marked the end of the line for Julian, who returned for his second go-around as Montreal's coach midway through the 2016-17 and 17 season. So there's more here. He goes on to talk about Ducharme's resume, but I think we all know that. Even Habs fans, Moose, are surprised that they fired Claude Julian this morning. I am. It's my commentary on Cat Country. Who had Montreal as the first team to fire their coach in Canada in the Scotia North Division. Uh, nobody. Nobody. We talked about it this week, who was going to be the first coach to go. Montreal didn't come up. Not even close. Wasn't even on the radar. But, you know, you look back, and I've been, you know, reading and watching some coverage on this and listening to coverage from Montreal this morning. And, you know, you look at the, the great start that they had, and that masked a lot of issues. Yeah. And one of them was special teams, which, you know, the power play, I, I, I've learned that that's Kirk Muller's responsibility. So that's why he's involved in this as well. You look at last season, two separate eight-game losing streaks last year. Yeah. So there's a lot that's led up to this 
they're going to make the move and uh, see if they can shake things up because it's a short season. You can't wait a long time. Well, that's clearly what Mark Bergevin is thinking. So I want to hear from all of you NHL fans where you are on the Montreal Canadiens firing their coach. I shot out a text message to – look, I got a million Habs fan friends, and one of them, I said, what's your take? He says, I'm okay with it. Can Babcock speak French? That was his answer. I just want to say this. The Canadians have slipped from second to fourth. They still have a 9-5-4 record. I was trying to watch the the Chicago-Columbus game last night, but I couldn't because it just seemed like there was this three-ring circus going on at the Canadian Tire Center Mm -hmm. in Ottawa. So I flipped on, and I'm glad that I did. It was an unbelievable hockey game. Matthew Barnaby was live tweeting it. That's what made me think we should get Barney on today. And what, you going to blame Claude Julien for Carey Price's terrible fourth goal allowed for Ottawa, which was Kachuk, that was one of his three, right? You going to blame Julian for sitting on top of Matt Murray in the crease and getting a goal disallowed? Well, I guess you are. Yeah. Because you fired him. So I'm just saying players win and coaches lose. And that's the case with Claude Julian today. So there's our opening thoughts on the biggest news of the day. And we're the only sports talk show in Canada talking about it live, I might add. So moving on to point two, Mike Babcock interview fallout. If I may, a hearty thank you to SportsCenter for running not just the quotes, but the actual video of our interview with Mike Babcock yesterday. To me, it's no small thing. As a kid, I had a goal, Darren, of getting my name in the hockey news. It became evident the older that I got. I wasn't going to get my name in the hockey news. Why not? I think there might be a road, you know, the... 100 most powerful people in hockey. (laughs) You got the interview. Do they still even do it? Like at our farm, we had a subscription to the Hockey News and it got passed down. My brother would read it, then my other brother would read it, and then I would read it, and then my dad would read it. We knew what was going on with every team and every division. Stan Fischler was a god. Bob McKenzie, all these guys, Brian Costello. And for whatever reason, I guess they took their eye off the ball. The Hockey News is not a thing that I read anymore. It's important, too, because I think even... In 06, when I started covering um, hockey mm-hmm. in the SJHL on a daily basis and riding the bus, we did have the hockey news. It was a newspaper. Yes, Remember of course. That? It was a newspaper. That's what I'm talking about. It wasn't a magazine that you would know the hockey news to be now. So just saying my goal was to get my name in the hockey news, and I never did, and it's not even a goal anymore. But we got it on SportsCenter, which how I talk about it every morning that I uh, ride the bike or I'm on the elliptical watching SportsCenter to see your name pop up there. Ding! That's quite a feeling. Oh, yeah. So thank you, Sports Center, for doing that. And so on the Babcock thing, Jeff O'Neill just started following me on Twitter, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. But they played the clip on TSN 1050 Overdrive, and he's like, outrageous. He just continued to bang on Babcock. And I think we were all waiting for the Mike Commodore tweet. Were we not? Mm-hmm. And it came out, and he ripped Babcock again. And my wife did say to me this morning, man, He sounds like a bad guy. And I'm like, you haven't even met him. Don't go by what everybody else is saying, which is also part of my commentary this morning. I'm I'm standing up against cancel culture, clearly. What's being said about Babcock, this is, they're twisting his quotes to fit a narrative. How many times in the interview did he say, I've made mistakes. I wish I could take back my words and actions. We're all striving to get better in life. No, 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 that's not what they wanted to hear. They wanted the, clip, the quotes that you saw were, this doesn't pass the smell test, stuff like he, which he also said, but he repeatedly said, we all make mistakes and I'm trying to get better. 
That's what I got out of it. But they didn't want to hear that. Those that hate Babcock don't want to hear that. And I'm not going to turn this into an us versus them, but I believe that he has admitted his mistakes, and I'm not going to allow people to make our mistakes a life sentence for us. That's what they're trying to do with Mike Babcock. Yeah, and it's really tough because the guy or girl that was with your partner before you has mm-hmm. bad things to say about them, right? Right. But you know who they are, and you're comfortable, and you're, you know, there. And you never get over that until you move on, right? And find somebody else, or you know what I mean, replace that that void. And if you're still banging on it, there's a void there still for you. And you're hurting, and you still. need you need to move on. Still. My Commodore needs to move on, but it needs to be replaced with something, right? That hurt needs to be replaced with something that doesn't hurt, and it clearly hasn't happened yet, unfortunately. Thank you, Doctor Phil. You're welcome. Trent in Norway writing in. Norway calling. What a shocker in Montreal. Losing streaks are one thing, but the coaching firings are out of left field. Great interview with Babcock yesterday and for TSN to pick it up. My gut feeling with the Blue Jays is that they're going to the playoffs. Stay well, everyone. That is Trent in Norway chiming in on all of the day's news. So I'm not necessarily done on the Babcock thing. Um, Oh, well, I could go on for hours about that. Uh, Terry Koshin from the Toronto newspaper, I think the Sun, basically hinted in his column that I went easy on Mike Babcock and that he'll have a much bigger challenge when he interviews with Christine Simpson on Sportsnet tonight. And I'm thinking, I wasn't trying to pin Babs down. One of his good friends texted me yesterday and said, good for you for opening the door for Babs to tell his story. I said, it wasn't hard. Hey, Babs, how you doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was his chance to get stuff off his chest. I don't invite people into our house and then trample on them. That's not what we do around here. And we'll see what happens with Christine Simpson tonight. She doesn't trample on people either. I'm sure she will hold his feet to the fire a little more. But we do. We have different mandates. Different mandates. We are in the relationship business. Reporters and the the hard-nosed journalists, they're in the news business. They're not in the relationship business. I never said I was a journalist. That's going on my tombstone. Uh, the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, who will be the next head coach of the Montreal Canadiens? Clark and I came up with these three names. Dominic Ducharme, who's the interim coach right now. Gerard Gallant, an original Maritimer and very successful coach. Mike Babcock or other. Who? I see what, Ducharme's leading? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he is on Facebook on Twitter, Gerard Galant's leading, and a lot of people are writing in and saying Patrick Waugh, and what a wonderful story that would be. Maybe we'll ask Barney when he comes on. If Patrick Waugh has replaced that wound and filled the <laughs> void... Speaking of getting over things... Then he'll be, he'll be right there in line to be the next head coach of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Dominic Ducharme, though, we know him, right? World junior coach. Um, it's when you see his face, you don't remember the name so much. I mean, we do, but when you see the face and you see the pictures and that hair, you're like, oh, yeah, Team Canada, World Juniors, very successful. He would be a a very logical replacement to take over, but he's got his shot now. So there are some of the things. Uh, Moving on to point three, Tiger Woods uh, crash in L.A. These quick six show topics are of of importance to me in order, not maybe in the world. I think a lot of people would say Tiger Woods would be your number one. Quick six show topic, but just not for me. Uh, I was watching the Genesis, in- Genesis Invitational on the weekend where they interviewed Tiger, and he wasn't participating in that tournament either because my in-laws are huge golf people. And 
when the crash was first reported yesterday and it came up as notifications on our phone, you saw how many people were immediately saying, when can he golf again? How does this affect his career? I don't know about you folks, but the coverage that I've seen this morning on ESPN is that he's probably not ever golfing again, and that isn't even his number one concern. Mm-hmm. It's walking again because he's got a rod in, put in his leg, multiple fractures in his lower right leg. <clears throat> he did win a tournament on, on a broken leg. I understand that. But I think that Tiger's competitive days of golf are over. And is that horrible of me to say that based on what I'm seeing from coverage out of L.A.? I had a long conversation actually with Phil Gross, who we used to work at Golf Saskatchewan together, basically Uh running golf in the province. Big golf guy. And and that was his thoughts, too. Right. And I kind of went back against it. I'm like, don't you believe in miracles, though? That's the Disney movie Mm -hmm. of Tiger Woods. If there's a way he can play again, even if it's on a cart of some kind, he's going to try. But I think, you know, I've come to this realization. You're both right. He's 45. The body doesn't heal the same way that it did when you were 25. He's probably done. And, you know, the next great story will be maybe does his kid follow in his footsteps. But uh, Charlie. Yeah. But a very tough day for the golfing community, for sure. There's no doubt about it. But I was just sort of shocked how people were immediately thought about his golf career. I thought about his life and his personal safety. He's alive. And if you've, you know, been involved in crashes like this or know people that have, that's the number one thing. So anyways, moving on, point four. How about this one? Jennifer Jones becomes the GOAT. Would, it be a, would she be happy to be known as the GOAT, JJ, <laughs> of, uh, of Canadian women's curling? She's the all-time Scotty's wins leader, 163 wins by virtue of what she did yesterday. Disclaimer, I would have thought she already was. And if she wins this, Scotties would be her seventh, and she, that would be the most ever. So I would just assume if she's tied for the most wins at six, and there's more com- teams than there's ever been, you would think there would be more wins. Would you not think that? Yeah. More games, more wins. Um, she yeah. is. She's, she's the GOAT. She's the GOAT. She's the GOAT. She's had a rough go this year at the Scotties for sure, but everybody has. A lot of mistakes, but uh, it's still fun to watch. And, oh, yeah. And... Uh, our girl, Rachel, she's playing right now, but yes, she is. hasn't lost yet. So we have our curling report coming up a little later on for Verge Agriculture. And what a wonderful set of partners that they've been Oh yeah, out of Calgary. Verge Agriculture, that's coming up. Uh, my NHL leftovers, how things move real fast, right? I had these ready to go, and then Julian gets fired. And now they're telling me that Elliot Friedman's joining the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's not true? Why are these guys writing in and saying it's Elliot Friedman? Guys, get your act together. Not you guys, the viewers. Anyways, the leftovers. Number one, I settle into my Lazy Boy dupes where I'm really getting like my butts being You're molded. The groove, the, yeah. yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm all excited for Mike Smith. And I'm watching Jack Michaels on the Orders broadcast saying he leads the NHL and this, this, and this. He's 4-0 since coming back. Whatever the stats were. <laughs> You didn't see the start of the game, I assume. No, but first I saw shot the first out of the shot. Quarter, boop, that's all you needed. Yeah. Which I immediately thought of my leftovers. I'm like, will the real Mike Smith please stand up? Are you the Mike Smith of old Arizona 2012 Western Conference final against LA or buckling in Calgary with the Flames? What what is this Mike Smith? Because I can tell you as a quasi Oiler fan, they're my second favorite team. Wouldn't be too confident going into the playoffs with this hot and cold 
I know. Not at all, man. So anyways, that's one. Will the real Mike Smith please stand up? We still don't know who you are. So one of my favorite Eminem songs, by the way. Please stand up. You like that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, to Brendan Gallagher. Stay out of the crease. Did you see PJ Stock having an absolute meltdown (laughs) on Twitter last night with viewers? Did he reply to you? No, but it was so entertaining. It was. PJ Stock just melted on Twitter with people yesterday about the Brendan Gallagher goal in the crease. And it was literally 50-50. When it went to review, I'm listening to Gordon Miller talk and noodles and... I agreed with them. This could go either way. And it went either way. And they ended up going to overtime and lost. And it's like, Gallagher, stay out of the crease. What are you doing? What are you even mad about? You can't go into the crease and bump goalies. And like Noodles, obviously I'm a goalie hugger too. But how could Gallagher be even be upset that that goal well, was called back? I know, but there's, there's so much. It's, it's 50-50. And respect people that I look, look up to and respect their opinions are on both sides of this because I watched it too. And, and you got to stay away. It's goaltender interference. But then at the same time, he had lo- plenty of time to get up and get set for the shot. So he did. I don't think Gallagher really affected the goal or his ability to make the save, but he definitely needs to stay out of the crease and you can't knock the goaltender. They over. don't score the goal. If Gallagher doesn't bump the goalie, that's the debate. That, that's what it is. It's still 50, 50, but, um, Oh, Joe Hamilton's watching in St. Louis, Missouri. And he says, loving the Pats hoodie. Great talking to you last night. It was his show that I was on in St. Louis. And he's, he's a, the Blues are his first team. The Leafs are his second team. And he said, uh, I said, why, why is anybody a Leafs fan? You know, that's my thing. I've never really got a good answer. Right. And he said, why would anybody be a Montreal Canadiens fan? I said, 24 Stanley Cups. What more do you need? Why do you love your kids? Because they're your kids. They're your kids. You've grown up with them. You know all their stories. You know their flaws. You know their successes. Not going with you on this one. It's it's because they're on Hockey Night in Canada every weekend. That's different than being your kids. No. You know the, you know everything about them. You know their stories. You, you've grown up with the Leafs. I'm every, smelling a face off. Every Saturday night. Uh, That's why. <laughs> More leftovers. The, Canuck, the uh, Kachucks are fun to watch, but they're still a pain in the butt. Uh, cannot stop watching the Scotia North Division. I'm trying to watch Chicago-Columbus, and I can't. I'm being pulled into this Canadian game, and I don't regret going there. Yeah. That's the other thing. And the other one, apparently some people don't like Mike Babcock. Uh, we won't go any more on that. And then uh, the last point, the Canadian Football League, I guess they and the players are together, are close to getting together to get their proposal to go to the government with regarding health and safety protocols. Big article to 3 not something that we're going to delve into here today. We got Tim Leeper next because we're going to talk some Blue Jays baseball. And not just Blue Jays, but every other team around the American League East. It's going to be fun. Matthew Barnaby coming up today and Brendan Batchelor too. This has been the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up at the Four Seasons. You're home for the NHL and UFC. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. 
We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because <laughs> I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. <sighs> don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And... Your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen. Because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know? When you, when you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti shaving cream, you leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Lots going on in the RP Show today, but I need to clarify one thing before we bring in longtime Blue Jays first base coach Tim Leeper. This is from Gary and Warman Sask. Okay? What do we do? On the 221, he writes in on the Prairie Mobile text line. He says, hey, Rod, I like your show, but you lied today. This came in late yesterday. You said you were the first ever to interview Bab Ch- uh, Babcock about the Sasky coach job. You're wrong. He was on 650 Radio today at 2.30. You were the second. Gary, Gary, (laughs) you caught the replay on Game Plus TV, which airs later in the day. I don't know why I'm getting hung up on this, but he joined us at 12.40 p.m. Central and then later appeared on 6.50 a.m. at 2.30 p.m. Why do I care so much? It's Uh, a feather in the cap. Yeah, 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 exactly. And thank you to uh, Jermaine Franklin, who pointed out that that interview here yesterday was the first in a year and a half since Babs was fired by the Leafs. Okay, let's bring in Tim Leeper. Thanks for sitting through all that, Coach. How you doing, Timbo? No, no I'm good. You got to clear that up. You're the one that broke it. I'm, I'm right with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Listen, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the Blue Jays analysis, we just started talking a little Jays yesterday, warming the viewers up that you were coming on, and the comments just went insane. Western Canada loves the Toronto Blue Jays. When did you realize that that is a major fact? Well, I had heard my first year in the big leagues was 2014. You always hear how great the Seattle trip is. And then you experience the Seattle trip and it is unbelievable. I'm obviously I knew from roving around and roving around Vancouver uh, in my first year here, which I was in the minor leagues. I knew there was a, a good Jays following, but when I took that first trip to Seattle, like that's a whole different beast. I mean, it's almost, again, it's a home game, and the fact that there's 20,000 people in the stands for you at batting practice, and you're running off the field, and it has a playoff-type atmosphere, it was unbelievable. Yeah, there you go. So from Toronto to Seattle and literally everywhere in between, 
they love the Toronto Blue Jays. And so you saw Bo Bichette, I would think, uh, was what day was it? Sunday he met with the media via Zoom, and he, he expects a World Series for the Blue Jays. I love the confidence. Uh, what are your thoughts on the outlook of the Jays? I think it's good. I think it's a work in progress. I think they know that. I mean, I think if you ask what the expectations are of, of front office guys and players, I think they're completely different, which it should be. And, and even coaches for that matter. I mean, you, you want to believe you're the best. And to be honest with you, you know, if you don't think that way, you're, you're, you're not in the right headspace anyway. So these guys believe that they were a playoff team last year. They were. Um, and they've gotten a lot better, which makes it, the, the jump very easy for them. And you want guys thinking this. You want them to do that. You, obviously, you have adults at the, in the front of the room that try to maybe temper those, but at the same time, they have to believe too. Because, you know, it's funny. You always think you're good or you maybe think you're bad, but you sit sometime in June and that is what you are, and you need to be prepared for both. And and uh, sometimes I the one takeaway I have from five years in the big leagues here is that I, I saw teams give up on themselves way too early when they were really good or way before they had like a like a maybe a five ten game winning streak it really changes your place in the standings and so i just think again if you're not thinking you're the best team if you're not thinking you're going to get to the world series then and you're not prepared for that then then you're not in the right place going to ask our viewers if you have questions for longtime Jays first base coach Tim Leeper fire them at us and you know producer Clark's going to have a million i'm just going to say this and then i'll turn it over to everybody else it just i was stunned when I heard Bo Bichette had only played 75 games in the bigs, because it seems like we've heard his name for a long time, seems like he's been around for a long time, and what's exciting to me is with him, Biggio, and Vladdy, it's here. People gave him a pass, I guess, and the playoffs are being swept by the Rays. I don't know why, you know, but it's the time is now, and that's exciting for this Blue Jays team, unless I've misread it. Is the time not now for this group? It's definitely now, and they know it's now, too. Like, I've said this in a couple of things I've done. Like, okay, the puppies are mature now. Like, the cuteness kind of has to wear off. Like, the stakes are a lot higher now. And, again, they know that. They believe that. They were they were there. They were in the playoffs last year. And, and you know, a two-game playoff, like, anything can happen, right? So that that's, that's neither here nor there. But it's time to answer the questions. Is Vladimir Guerrero a really good player? Going to put up a high OPS? Going to play be a really good defensive first baseman? Can Bo play shortstop? Can he continue to do his things in the in the in the, on the offensive side that he's always done? Is Cavan for real? Is he going to be able to adjust to third base? I know he's going to play a lot of other places. Like so, those questions have to get tightened up. The great thing is, I know the players think that, and I know the players know that. Like the things that Bo said about him playing shortstop, the fact that he was disappointed in the way the season went. Even though if you look at it, he kind of had a lot of success, but at the same time, he understands the questions. He gets it, and. The, their stakes are higher, and it is time like for the newness to wear off. It's time for the potential label to kind of be shed, and it's time for those guys to go out and perform, and, and they're well aware of that. Now, now you add two guys into the clubhouse, and Simeon and and Springer, guys that have actually been in the playoffs every single year, that just naturally is going to like filter over and make them a little bit better and raise the bar even more. That is exciting stuff. So DG in Saskatoon writes in and he says, Morning, boys. Would love to hear Tim's thoughts on two young Canadian baseball players, St. Louis Cardinals outfielder and gold glove winner Tyler O'Neill and Blue Jays prospect Otto Lopez. Does Tim think Otto can crack the Jays lineup? I don't know if he's going to have an opportunity to this year just because of his age and the fact that he hasn't played enough. He went down with us and played on, on the 
I think it was a Pan Am game qualifier when we went to Brazil. I, I believe I, I'm, I'm getting the years mixed up because COVID's got me completely whacked out. <laughs> so it was it was like in the last year or last two years. And he's a really good player. He's got a lot of versatility. He has the ability to put the bat on the ball, get the barrel to it, and find the holes. And like, which is to me in the game and the way the game's going, like that offense totally plays. You know, getting better defensively, getting more experience, having a year of minor league baseball under his belt, which hopefully happens this year. He's going to be really good. And Tyler O'Neill, um, I'm a good friend with the Cardinals manager. I know he loves him. Obviously, you want a gold glove. He's great. The only time I've really been around him was a little bit just watching the Pan Am games here in Toronto in, in 15. And then he played on our uh, WBC team that that was we weren't very good last time. And uh, real happy for him. Good guy, energetic guy, like loves to play. And like there's a lot of great things about him. The Canadian baseball is really strong, and it's only getting stronger, too. There are a lot of questions coming in about prospects, but I, I need to ask you this, Coach. Uh, we're going to get Blue Jays inundated all spring long here until they actually hit the field. Tell me about the other teams in the American League East. The Jays finished third. Our viewers voted last year. They predicted they'd finish third, and they did. And they voted for third place again. Just yesterday, we had that poll. Who's their biggest challengers in the American League East? I think the Yankees, obviously, are, are at the top. I mean, they... It was a slow offseason for them, but like you can see, they've kind of rallied a lot. I mean, they, they took a couple good chances uh, with another Canadian, uh, Jameson Tallian, who pitched for us in the WBC. Um, he's a Texas Canadian, but he's but he's, he's he is Canadian. He picked, pitched for us in the WBC in 2000, I think, 11 or 13. I don't know. Again, the years are getting <laughs> mixed up. But that's a really good that's a really good addition. They got a good starting set. They got a really good bullpen. They kind of quietly. Went out and got Darren O'Day to go along with like Zach Britton and and Chad Green. I mean, they're really good. They got a deep lineup. Health's going to be a big issue for them. You know, you need Stanton, you need Judge to stay healthy because that changes the outlook of that team a little bit. But going in, you got to look at they're pretty good. And look at the Rays won the East and the Rays went to the World Series. So they did lose their top two pitchers, which were really really good pitchers, and that's going to be tough to kind of. Uh, I'm going to turn my phone off here, but yep. that's going to be tough to kind of you know to kind of plug that hole, but they have depth and, and they have a formula that's kind of worked for them. I would put the Jays ahead of the Rays, um, but, but a lot of things got to happen, you know, for them to get there too. And like these teams aren't done yet. I mean, ideally you want your team to be in first place from day one and go the whole season and have no adversity and go. But the reality is it never happens that way. And I think when you look at the Jays and you look at the fact they're really short in like dependable starters, I think a little bit by design because, you know, as the season goes on and you start looking at teams that are dropping out of the races and are going to sell people and going to be guys are going to be available for trade. And in case you haven't looked like half of baseball is not even really trying this year. So there's going to be a lot of teams to choose from. And that gives you a chance to get a guy that doesn't only help you for this season, but is able to help you for maybe the season after and the season after that. So I think that's kind of where they're looking. I think in a way it's kind of smart because with the guys that are left, I don't know if there's a real bona fide answer out there. I don't think you wanted to get uh, Tawan Walker for three years. I, I think they're hoping for a guy on a one-year deal if they're going to go out and spend money that way. So it might not be perfect right now, but they know where they're weak and, and they know where they have to go. And I think there's going to be some people available during the summer, you know, sometime in June, July, where, where that guys are going to be available and they're going to make their team even better. Well, that was my actual question for you. I mean, free, before you showed up with the Blue Jays in 2014, you're familiar with the franchise history. We were crappy for 20 years. Could never get past the Red Sox and the Yankees ever. And now you say you throw the Rays in there. You didn't even mention the Red Sox. 
But the Blue Jays still have a chance, and we're talking about Biggio, Vladdy, Bichette, now Springer, but none of them are pitchers. What are they missing? What's the chink in their armor, Tim, entering the season? Starting pitching. Starting pitching. I mean, I, they know that. Everybody knows that. I mean, you, you got Ryu, who's your stabilizer, but also Ryu's a six-inning guy. And, and the way it ended last year and he didn't really bounce back, that, that, and, and there's concerns with him. So that that's that's he's great. I mean, he's unbelievable, been unbelievable the last the three, four years. Um, but at the same time, you got to be cautious that your number two guy's Pearson, who hasn't really thrown, he's thrown maybe a hundred, just close to a hundred innings in pro ball. And he, and he didn't throw, you know, what, 10 last year. So that's a big deal. And then you got Robbie Ray, Tanner Roark, Ross Stripping, mm-hmm. Stephen Matz. They have depth. They have guys that can cover uh, innings and, and, and start, but you just kind of hope one of those guys kind of takes off or, or, or just a combination of guys kind of takes off. So, They've created some depth. They need starting pitching. Again, I think they're going to be on the constant lookout for it. It's going to be – it's so important to have a guy that can spend seven, maybe eight, just one time through the rotation. Just just the, this, even the thought of that is like a really good – and when you leave yourself short on starting pitching, they've built a really good and deep bullpen, but at the same time, you don't want to overuse these guys. I mean, they kind of got in that situation last year, and they really pieced it together well. But I'm not sure if you remember, they were really running on fumes with playing so many close games early that – uh, they had that COVID uh, break when Philadelphia guys uh, tested positive, and they got like three or four days off, and it gave them a chance to reset and kind of get themselves right at, at, the, at the right time. So you just don't want to wear the pen guys down because uh, it's a really good pen, and a lot of those guys are coming off injuries too. So you don't want to throw a heavy workload on them. You just need starters to cover some innings and just like to get those guys spaced out and get them work on a regular basis because you need all your players to be good in September going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Plus you have to get there. <laughs> well, yeah, no kidding. Uh, outstanding <laughs> preview. Uh, Tim, thank you for this. Enjoy the ball, and we'll catch up here once we get rolling. Sounds great. Always good talking to you. Thank you, buddy. Longtime Blue Jays first base coach Tim Leeper joining us on video chat. Hey, the curling report we bring to you daily. Covering the Scotties for Verge Agriculture, Manitoba's Jennifer Jones became the career leader in wins at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts with a 6-5 win Tuesday over Newfoundland and Labrador's Sarah Hill. Jones arrived at the 2021 Tournament of Hearts, two back of the 152 victories held by Colleen Jones. Jennifer Jones knows the record would have meant a lot to her late father, Larry, who died two years ago at the age of 80. The wins record is among many Jones holds in women's curling. If the six-time national champion prevails in the Calgary bubble, the 46-year-old from Winnipeg will be the only woman to win seven. Ontario's Rachel Holman and defending champion Carrie Einerson remained unbeaten Tuesday night at 5-0 atop Pool A. Alberta's Laura Walker was 4-2, followed by Beth Peterson's wildcard three team, all at 3-3. Three Northern Ontario's Krista Burns and Kerry Galusha of the Territories were knotted at 2-3. and three. Nova Scotia's Jill Brothers, 2-4. and four. Mackenzie Zacharias' Wild Card 2 team is 1-4. and four. And Yukon's Laura Eby, winless in 5. Over in Pool B, Quebec's Laurie St-Georges and Chelsea Carey's Wild Card 1 team lead the pool at 4-2. PEI's Suzanne Burt, BC's Corinne Brown, and Saskatchewan, Sherry Anderson, are even with Manitoba at 3-2. and two. The top four teams from each pool of nine at the end of the uh, preliminary round Thursday take their records with them into the championship round. So, updating. Let me refresh my screen. This morning's draw 13, because they're rolling already. Here we go through seven. It is Team Peterson, 
Wildcard three, leading team Northern Ontario Burns by a score of 6-4 in Calgary. Uh, Wildcard two, Zacharias leads Nova Scotia's brothers 5-4. They're tied at three. Rachel Holman unbeaten 5-0 against uh, Galusha of the Northwest Territories. 3-3 the score, playing seven. And Team Canada's Kerry Anderson leads Yukon's EB by a score of 9-6. They are playing eight. The Curling Report is brought to you by Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Visit vergeag.com to learn more today. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Moose DuPont is here. Yeah. I just hogged the Tim Leeper interview. I'm sorry. I got other things to do. Okay, you're good? I'm, you're good? I'm good. Like, I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, for the next 20 minutes, it's going to be viewer takeover here. This is where you settle in with your caliber coffee and you talk sports with us. And remind me to talk about Telemiracle. People are rallying to the cause, dupes. Oh, yeah. We're going higher. And just on that caliber note, I just got a note from them yesterday. Yeah. Um, they've got a great online ordering deal now. Delivery is, is super great. cheap. So go to their website, Caliber Coffee, and uh, get yours. I'm glad they let us know that. I'm glad when the sponsors reach out, right? Mm-hmm. Reach out and touch you. Yeah. Well, we like that. Yes. Yeah. You people get typing. Thank you. The poll question, updating it. Who will be the next head coach of the Montreal Canadiens? Dominic Ducharme, who is interim after Claude Julien was fired this morning. Gerard Gallant, Mike Babcock, or other. Whom? And Gallant is leading on Twitter. He's got 56% of the vote. Second place is Ducharme. They're saying on Facebook, Ducharme. As you said earlier, he's the world junior guy. I know nothing about the guy. I'm not qualified to answer this question. The other, with 5%, a lot of people saying Patrick Waugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that is too delicious to be true. What a story. Could they actually make that happen? That, that just makes too much sense to hire Patrick Waugh, who's had such success with the Quebec Rampart. Anywho, <clears throat> where are we? Viewer takeover from Figgy. Paul Figler from the dubnetwork.ca. Viewer takeover is my favorite recurring segment of the show. Then say something. <laughs> Armando Moreno in Mexico City, global football reporter, says one of the two CFL. Dang it, it just slipped off the screen. There it is. Global Combines planned for Mexico is taking place this Saturday in the city of Monterrey. CFL scouts will join the event through virtual platforms. Well, you know those scouts wish that they could be there. Yes. And are we going down that road today on the day that the Montreal Canadiens fire? Claude Julien, we're going to talk about the CFL. I'm okay with that. Uh, the Naylor tweet came out yesterday, Dave Naylor from TSN, that the CFL and the Players Association were, were putting the finishing touches on their proposal. I went and read it later to dive into it a little more. So this is what's going to go to the government to see if they can be approved to play in 2021. My take was that this is the first hurdle of a hell of a lot of hurdles. 
that was my take on on the read. I know, and I said it yesterday. I thought they'd be three or four hurdles down the road in terms of, you know, this plan's going to get rejected, or there's a high probability, and they're going to have to come back with changes to it and updates. And I would have thought they'd been on the third draft by now. But it almost seems like, you know, the teacher comes around the desk and says, "Where's your homework? Oh, I'm I'm just working on it. I'm almost done, putting the finishing touches on it, right? Because you know we had we saw that from government yesterday when they said they hadn't seen a CFL plan." yet a plan from the cfl we talked about it and now it comes out oh but we're just finishing it up guys we're just finishing it up it's almost to you meanwhile they're in the back saying let's get this plan together and let's get it in by the end of the week you've got it right but if that's what it takes to get the plan done then great i know they're working i don't mean to think that they're not doing anything they're working on these plans and if it's a 600 page plan like the nhl presented which it should be that takes a long time, and it's a lot of work. But uh, it is good news for the CFL if they're going to get this plan in. Somebody in America texted me yesterday and said, how do you feel about the fact that the CFL and the OHL are being held to the same health and safety protocols as the NHL? And I said, why wouldn't they? Yeah. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about health and spreading the virus. I'm What's the difference? To the same plans that you are. So it's cost the NHL millions. It may potentially cost major junior hockey and the Canadian Football League millions. Why wouldn't it be the same? Yeah. Um, Nelson Hakowicz says, does the dub hub being in Regina give the young Pats an edge to finish in the top spot? Building familiarity and comfort? I'm going to push that to the next segment. Push it. What a weird scenario it is for the Western Hockey League's East Division in that the standings don't mean anything. There are no playoffs. Same for the other divisions, come to think of it. But let's – who's kidding who? When they drop the puck, you're going to be playing for something. That's right. So being – you're saying is being at home going to help? They're not going to be at home, though. They'll be in the same The Pats situation. will be in the same bubble as everybody else. And you guys got me all hot and bothered – about hockey here. So here's my sports update. Joey Anderson scored twice as the Toronto Marlies beat the Stockton Heat 5-1 Tuesday in American Hockey League play. Listen to these names, dupes. Andrew D'Agostini stopped 30 of 31 shots to lead Toronto over Stockton for the second time in three days following a 7-1 victory Sunday. Tyler Gaudet, Joseph Duzak, and Richard Clune also scored for the Marlies, who are 4-2. Alex Gallant replied for the 0-2 Heat the Flames' AHL affiliate. Garrett Sparks made 20 saves for Stockton. Meanwhile, get this one. Okay. Zach Jones scored the winner in overtime, and the Halifax Mooseheads came from behind to beat the Cape Breton Eagles 4-3 Tuesday night in the queue. Jones' goal came two minutes into the extra period, capped a comeback from an early 3-1 deficit, and helped Halifax halt its five-game losing streak. Are you okay with me throwing in these? I love it. Yeah, I love it Bring a lot, Bring it on. Too. The Raptors. We'll try and get back in the win column tonight when they face the Miami Heat in a road game. It's a quick turnaround for Toronto after dropping a 109-102 decision last night against the Philadelphia 76ers that halted their win streak at four games. And bear with me. This sports update brought to you by Ballers Rec Room, Regina's newest entertainment destination. Visit their website at ballersrecroom.com. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We are nicely down the road of viewer takeover, so we'll jump right back into it when we come back. Matthew Barnaby and Brendan Batchelor coming up. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back, everybody. Firing up the comments here. And then I'll get to the text line as well. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, I find that it's a roller coaster following the CFL this last year or so. They have to play in 2021 or they will fold their tents, so to speak. Some people have already forgotten about them. The CFL. Can you put the comment up? Sorry, guys, I should have warned you from Donald Mitchell, our Navy friend in Bahrain. Something about my ultra depressing. Here it is. After your truthfully depressing take on the CFL yesterday, my roller coaster ride is on the upswing with today's news from 3downnation.com. Again, that is that the CFL and its players are putting the finishing touches on their proposal to go to government with their proposal to play. And yeah, they're doing their due diligence. This is what has to be done. We all want the CFL to play. I'm just saying there's a long, long road. I'm choosing to remain positive, but at some point, there's a difference between realism and pessimism, right? Oh, yeah. There totally is. Big time. Um, viewer takeover, like I said, Ray in the Six writes, Hey, Rod, Travis Green should be thankful that Jim Benning is his boss and not Mark Bergevin. Tough deal getting axed after three losses in a row, but I'm sure there is more to it. Stay well. Ray in the 416. That's what I was saying. I had a Leaf fan text me this morning. Jamie Neugebauer, and he said, boy, you think the Leafs are hasty. Everybody thinks this is a quick trigger finger firing Claude Julien by Montreal this morning. Losing three to the worst team in the NHL probably does have a large part to play in this. Oh, yeah. A large part. And there's probably more behind the scenes, too. But Mark Bergevin went out and really retooled this roster, and the results weren't there on the ice. You got to fire the coach. Regarding Babs, Ken in Saskatoon writes in, he says, Rod, why is so much airtime and ink given to such a small sample size? Mike Commodore and a few others that have played for Babcock. Former players of notable stature in the hockey world hire the man. Maybe one day the narrative will get adjusted to give a different perspective to support the positive things Babcock has done in the world. That's from Ken in Saskatoon. And I invite you to go to rodpeterson.com right now. Read my commentary This is cancel culture stuff. They're twisting Babcock's words. They don't want to hear what he said yesterday on this show repeatedly, that he wishes he could take the things that he's said and done back. We all make mistakes. He's trying to get better. What what part of that do you not understand? Oh, yeah. They're picking and choosing quotes that fit the narrative that Babcock is a bad guy. And as I said, I'm not going to allow people to use our mistakes against us is a life sentence not gonna happen life's not supposed to work that way if you can't get over things that's your problem not my problem or mike babcock's problem jim wagner writes in good day guys people who aren't willing to give others a second chance better pray that no one ever digs into their past for something questionable thanks for the great show take care dun 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 it's funny, I go back to like, you always say, what's your role in it? Yeah. What's your role in it? And I've, you know, I've done that myself on different situations. 
and you start, you feel a lot better about it. It helps provide a lot of closure. And I think, you know, these guys need some closure of this. And they need to get help. Yeah. Commodore needs help yeah. in the form of counseling. I'm not saying this flippantly or insensitively. He's the one with the problem. Hurting people hurt people. Babs has done his work. He's looked in the mirror. It's time Kami does. Uh, hey, the Kinsman Telemiracle 50-50 is live now. We're making the draw Friday night. Look at the pot over my shoulder here. Well oh, over $200,000. They're live at telemiracle5050.ca. If you haven't got your ticket yet, get yours now. One ticket for $20, five tickets for $50, 20 tickets for $100. You need to be 19 years of age or over and physically in Saskatchewan to buy your tickets. And please help out Kinsman Telemiracle. Second half kick, uh, kickoff coming up with Matthew Barnaby and Brendan Batchelor. Stick around. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.